We have all had painful events in our lives that can lead to depression, anxiety, addiction, or broken relationships. But here's a secret. It is not about what happened to us that causes suffering. It's the stories we believe about ourselves. Join us as we shine light on how to rewrite our stories, avoid the shadows of shame, and travel along the pathway to joy, love, and connection. It's the Finding Peace Podcast with your host, Amazon best-selling author, Troy L. Love. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Finding Peace Podcast. I am delighted to have one of my favorite people on the planet with me today, Ambika Devi. Uh, I met her just a few months ago. We were part of a uh, storytelling, speaking group that I met online. And her energy, as you're going to find out in about two minutes, is just vivacious and exciting. And I've just been grateful to have the opportunity to be able to meet her. So in in just a minute, we're going to be able to hear her story. But let me tell you a little bit more about Ambika. She is an international award-winning publisher and a best-selling author of four books. She's an expert astrologer, and she is a dynamic speaker. As a personal coach, she specializes in igniting your intuitive magic, getting your creativity flowing, and putting you in touch with your inner wizard. I love that. Her pockets are filled with multiple degrees and fields of study, including a master's in yoga and meditation, a bachelor's degree in astrology and fine arts, and stuffed inside her backpack are colored pens, a journal, a Kindle, a passport full of stamps, and a deck of tarot cards. Her passion is guiding individuals to find inner peace, which you all know that's what this podcast is all about, outward success and a greater level of health and happiness. She's appeared on the Learning Channel, radio, and in periodicals as a relationship and communication expert. She's taught holistic health at the university level for 21 years, and she looks forward to guiding you to reaching your highest potential. And I look forward to (laughs) being able to hang out with Ambika for just a few minutes today. So Ambika, welcome to the Finding Peace podcast. Thank you so much, Troy. A podcast could not have a more perfect title for me. (laughs) And everybody, yes, I I want you to know, I, I know it sounds like Troy is my biggest fan and he might be, but when we met and I started listening to Troy tell stories, Wow, I became his biggest fan. I think the president of your fan club, Troy. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate the love. It means a lot. Uh, We all, we all definitely appreciate love and we can all use more of it right now. I think the more love that we feel, the more peace we can manifest in our worlds. And heaven knows that we need it, especially right now. You and I were just talking before we got on about all the depressing stuff that's happening in the news. So peace is <sighs> such a big deal. I know that's why I'm so excited about being a part of the upcoming retreat with you. Yeah, we're, uh, we're going to be doing uh, Finding Peace work um, weekend workshop together. That's coming up at the end of September of 2021. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a bit. But 
we created that because of COVID. Um, mm -hmm. Last year we were, uh, we do live finding peace retreats as, as well, but last year we had to cancel two of them because COVID. Um, and so we decided to do an online version and we are doing it again this year and you are joining me, which I'm ecstatic about. I, I really, I had a realization yesterday. Uh, I get, I get realizations and, and, uh, I catch the sub vocalization, the subtext, you know, the mind talking, mm -hmm. I catch it a lot when I'm in the kitchen cooking and creating food. And, uh, yesterday I realized, wow, you know, I love being a part of other people's workshops and retreats like this as a meditation guide and leader because I get to learn so much from great teachers like you. And I also understand more about what people are craving and what they need in guided meditation to help them relax so that they can sleep, so that they can breathe better. And so their immune systems are heightened and strengthened. There are so many benefits to meditation and I'm, I'm wanting you to tell us a little bit more about that. I'm curious how you fell into meditation. Can you share <laughs> us the story of, of how you fell into that? Walk us through that journey. Absolutely. I attribute my initiation into the idea of sitting still and quiet in a group for an extended period of time to my Quaker education. And thankfully, my parents giving me that. The Quakers sit in what's called meeting for worship, although it's not really, well, it's considered a denomination, but the way that I was taught was to explore all kinds of spiritualities, choose what works for me, but the sitting in meeting for worship is really a group meditation. When I learned about formal meditation. And I looked back, I said to myself, wow, I've been doing this since I was six. So I had been in a public school and, uh, I was in a desk towards the back of the room and my eyes were not so great back then. And I couldn't really see the board. So I was having trouble just learning the alphabet and spelling. And then something went down with my teacher. And at the time, my parents were questioning whether I should really be in public school, uh, especially because I was having such a hard time with reading and writing. Ironic, right? And now that I'm a writer and publisher. And they got an offer from a local Quaker school that was starting a pilot reading program. The deal was I had to agree to repeat first grade again. And when my parents asked me and let me know that other kids would be there doing the same thing, being in the same exact situation, it didn't really freak me out so much. And I thought, okay, cause I really was not relating to public school at all. And that group really sparked in all of us, great reading, great writing, great communication. And it was so much smaller instead of being in a desk in the back of the room, I was in a circle. Yes, of course, my parents did have my eyes checked and and uh, that was taken care of, but it, it just was so amazing. And every Wednesday morning, we would go to the meeting house with all the other kids from grades first through sixth. So we were in a pretty large group of kids 
of multiple ages. And that's a pretty big stretch from first to sixth, just emotionally and uh, behavior wise. But we all sat quietly and it became a sanctuary for me. Later that year in May, just before the end of that school year, we had a big ceremony. May Day was a huge thing at that school. And we would, when the weather was permitting, this was in Pennsylvania, we would go to a big grove that actually was land that belonged to William Penn. Maybe some of you know who William Penn was. So the trees, the pine trees were huge, even back then in the 60s. And uh, we would sit in this grove and have like big assemblies and maypoles for May Day. And we, you know, the May Day celebration and learning how to weave the maypoles was a big deal. I was super psyched because the first graders had their own pole and the 12th graders had their own pole. This school did go to 12th, but we would only sit on Wednesdays with the first through sixth grades. And after this celebration, unbeknownst to me or my classmates, a group of yogis came and they used to have this old Victrola that, well, it wasn't a wind-up one, but it was with the horn. So that's how they played music. And they put on this classical music and these yogis all dressed in white came out into the grove and started doing yoga flow, just kind of yoga postures, slow motion dance. And I turned to the first grader next to me and said, I'm going to do that. So there was some sort of knowing between wow. learning how to meditate, watching yogis, and the yogi that led that that day ended up becoming a teacher of mine later in life. We keep crossing paths, and we have kept crossing paths for a long time. I'm, I'm still connected to his daughter, who is a great leader in the field of what's called yoga nidra. Yoga nidra is guided meditation, but I think a lot of people don't understand there's actually a way you can do it and put yourself in that kind of yogic sleep state on your own. And I do teach this to more advanced students, but mostly what I do in my own podcast is just give uh, free guided meditations. I prefer calling them creative visualizations because that's what they are. Uh, meditation is really a nothingness. It's a sitting quietly and emptying and you know, if it was a computer in our head, crash dumping and cleaning the hard drive, hmm. it helps to scrub memory because memory is what triggers thought loops and thought loops are what gets stuck in that sub vocalization in the mind. Sometimes they're good. Like, Hey, I want to be on other people's retreats. Like I had yesterday, but isn't it weird how a fragment of a conversation we had or a flash memory of something and not often positive comes through and catches our awareness. What benefits would somebody like me get out of doing meditation, especially the kind of meditation that you do? Well, the guided creative visualization is so popular because the first thing that we need, Troy, is something to entertain the mind. You see, the, we yogis, we think of the mind a little bit different than the Western trained psychologists. So let me just give a little bit about that. We see the mind as a collective an exterior outside. We don't see it inside the head and that we all through our brains 
are actually able to connect. I see it kind of like a wire or a wormhole that connects us to this group consciousness, this group mind, and it's infinite. So therefore, anybody and everybody can download incredibly genius information. But then our memories are in an energetic field and they pop like like popcorn and catch our awareness. And guided meditation, the number one thing that it does is it relaxes us mm -hmm. because when we're tense, we get stuck in these loops like a hamster on a wheel that can't get off. The greatest thing that it gives us usually right away is sleep because I think most people are sleep deprived. You know, they just, they're exhausted and that state in the physical body makes it really difficult to be in a happy, peaceful place. So, uh, it has been tested and measured scientifically that uh, a 45 minute or even a half hour session of good yoga nidra style meditation, and this, this goes for hypnosis too. Hypnosis does this as well. Uh, even if you're not using the hypnosis to go to sleep, which you can with the guided meditation also, but it's say you just do a half hour session. This half hour session can give you the sensation and the rejuvenation in your physical body of up to four hours of deep restful sleep. So the number one thing it does is helps your, your physiology to relax and right itself. Then beyond that, it can help with, uh, unlocking like say I'm a writer I, and I go through writer's block. I actually just experienced that for the last couple of weeks because I was paying too much attention to news and information. And when I realized it and I pulled myself away from it and turned my phone off, went outside, got in nature, meditated, did some what's called pranayama, which are breathing exercises. I slept better that night and then I got back to writing and finishing a deadline the next morning. So it, for me, this is what it does. Uh, it helps with digestion. It definitely helps with sleep and it helps with your ability to slow down so that you can communicate more clearly and more lovingly with yourself and with others. Hmm. That sounds, all of those sound amazing. I need, I need, uh, more sleep. I need, better digestion. I love the creativity jolt. I love all that. If someone is not familiar with how to do this, where would they start? Well, I, I think a lot of people are putting things like this up on YouTube. Uh, but I will tell you if your eyes are open and you're watching a screen, it's not going to be as effective. So I, I would prefer that you listen to this style and you can on my meditate with Ambika podcast. It's free. You can find it everywhere. Just look up meditate with Ambika and you can spell my name A M B I K A and uh, you'll find all sorts. Now, when I talk to stressed out people, tell me if you get this too, Troy, like I asked, uh, I created a, a sleep program with all kinds of uh, guided meditations and information called end sleep envy. 
And when I went to people who wanted to be volunteers as I created this program, and I said to them, how many minutes a day can you devote to watching a video with some information and then listening to a guided meditation or learning some breathing exercises? Guess how many minutes they said they would give me per day? I want to say like 10. Two. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I almost said five, but then I tried to be generous. <laughs> I was kind of hoping for 10. Uh, so with the video and teaching part, I tried to keep it under five minutes. I mean, two is just, I can't. Mm. And then the guided meditations I tried to keep under or around 15 minutes, some are a little longer. But uh, for those, for drifting off to sleep, I give them, uh, I recommend, and in that program, I give them to people so that you can download them because it's really important to not be connected to the web right next to your bed. Mm. So those of you who are in really tiny houses with routers near you, it's try and get it as far away from where you sleep. Why is that important? Uh, because those electromagnetic frequencies disturb your ability to sleep. Mm. That's fascinating. I'm, I'm going to go listen to your meditations. <laughs> Kevin knows that I could use more things to help me go to sleep and four well, hours of <laughs> four hours of sleep and 20 minutes, man, I'll sign up for that today. Well, what I'd really like to know, because because of this crunch of time that people have challenged me to be able to create these in, I even have a couple that are under five minutes for mm. For you, I need it fast, people. Mm. And I have a, a really nice start to the day and end to the day version that are around 15 minutes. So hopefully you can try and invest that time for it. I, I do have some that are really super popular on Insight Timer also, if some of you use that I app. I love Insight Timer. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got it. I'll go find you there. If you're using that, by all means, go use it on Insight Timer. If you're oh, wow. if you're a member, please. Yes, I love that. The uh, best of the best are there. Yeah, I tell people when I teach them about meditation, I'm like, I get we're asking a lot for 20 minutes, whatever. So if you don't have 20 minutes to start with five, you don't have five minutes to start with two. But hopefully you'll be able to see the benefits that you get out of it and be willing to invest a little bit more time because it's a massive, massive way of infusing self-compassion, creativity, overall health with people. And, and so I love that you are passionate about it too. I just know how it helps me. And mm -hmm. I get so much positive feedback from the work that I do when I'm, when I'm live with people and even in the pre-recorded that it's helpful and there's just i i feel like it's my mission to get rid of stress for people and i feel that i i feel that all the way from over here and i think that's one of the reasons why i'm excited to have you come to the workshop because uh i'm not great at the guided meditation piece and you have a ton of experience with that and so that's one of the things you're going to be helping me and those who are joining us with you're gonna guide us through some meditations every day that we're together there's some other um, other activities you're going to be helping us with 
but mm. we're going to be starting every, especially on the, the, so the workshop starts on a Friday night and then we're going to meet on Saturday and Sunday as well. And every morning, Ambika is going to be leading us through that meditation. So you'll get a feel of what it feels like and it will be live and you'll be able to, I, I, when I've meditated with other people and I've only had an opportunity to do that a couple of times, there's a beautiful connectedness feeling that I have never really experienced anywhere else that mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to experiencing and having you lead it. I can't wait. Mm. Well, the major, major tools that I use are breathing techniques, pranayama, and a little bit of toning. So this is primordial sound using your primordial sound. So I've been researching how to help people get into the state of meditation and so that they know that they're in it. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the thing that I saw missing in the field and what's being written about and talked about. That makes because sense. Because we, we need a full bodily sensation of, oh, this is it. I'm there. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of people that I've talked to feel like they're not doing it right, um, but they don't know what right feels like. So that's really um, that's really nice that you're able to figure out how to teach that. Mm. I definitely have the secret sauce for that. Oh, that's awesome. Well, one of the things that we do, actually, this is the first time we've done it, but I'm, I'm stealing from one of my heroes podcasts. She, at the end of her podcast, she does a speed round where they she asks 10 questions and I wanted to try it. And since you're my friend, I thought I would try it with you. <laughs> All right. Rolling up my sleeves. I'm ready. ready? <laughs> yep. Let's All right. go. Question one. What is one thing about you that surprises people? I'm short. How short are you? Five feet tall. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, see? I, I only see you on the screen, so I don't I know, know. I know. When I was a musician, Troy, I did a I did a gig at a theater, and it was a big deal. It was in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and uh, I had a photographer, and there was press. It was a big deal. And I get down off the stage and this woman comes running up. She wants to meet me, you know, because there was a meet the artist thing afterwards. And uh, she looks down at me and she said, oh, my goodness, I thought you were tall. And I look up at her because she was quite tall. And I said, oh, wow, so did I. And she said, and I thought you were blonde. And I, I had pretty much black hair at the time. And I thought. Mm. I said, whoa, so did I. <laughs> so, uh, I must have put her in some sort of hypnotic state. <laughs> that is amazing. That did surprise me. Question two. We've all faced major decisions in our lives that have resulted in us choosing to take the left turn instead of the right. When were you faced with a dilemma like that and... How did it work out? I think, okay, every single emotion we have triggers a reaction. Every single reaction we have triggers a choice. Mm -hmm. Let's just take that. Let's just take that in for a moment. Every emotion triggers a reaction. Every reaction 
it demands, it commands a choice. Hmm. So come on, there's so many choices. The last time I experienced it was at the grocery store, looking at new products, reading the labels. Hmm. Awesome. Thank you. I made the right choices though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I tried some. There, there's a new company that I discovered. It's probably not brand new, but uh, as a meditator, I don't eat onion and garlic. I don't eat anything from that family. Hmm. That's a habit from living at an ashram, a proper ashram. Hmm. The allium plants are not in the diet because they disturb the mind. And I was at the grocery store uh, the other day, resupplying massively, and I discovered a company that makes salsa and uh, tomato sauce and things that would traditionally have a load of that in it without it. Wow. And I freaked out. I was so excited. I wrote to them. I took pictures. I, I, I posted on their Facebook wall. I said, yes, because so many people come to me who are maybe let's a, a little more intermediate and say, okay, I still can't get there. I can't get in that state. And I say, well, do you eat a lot of onion and garlic and scallion and leek and chives and that whole family of allium plants and they say yes i say would you be willing to cut it out for three weeks and then let me know what happens hmm. and they that always is, find that it helps that is fascinating i did not know there was a correlation to that science is now looking at ibs and issues hmm. with digestion yeah which is what inspired this company and that's why i wanted to let them know immediately about the meditation connection wow that's that's amazing Question number three, what book are you reading right now? Yours. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm doing my homework. Yes, uh, I was reading your uh, Finding Peace book and mm -hmm. I'm still in it. And it's a workbook, everybody. And this is what inspired the retreats that Troy is creating and that I'm going to be a part of coming up in September. And I said to Troy, well, if you were created this book, I need to read it before I come to the workshop. Well, thank you for reading it. I'm really grateful. I hope you're enjoying it. We did not plan that, everybody. We didn't. <laughs> nope. If you're listening and not looking, you would have. Let me tell you, he looked pretty surprised that I said that. <laughs> when have you felt most alive? Uh, every day when I'm done work and I feel like I've done something really great and productive, like maybe I finished writing for a deadline or I added something to a book I'm working on or finished correcting essays for my students and I go outside and I get in the swimming pool and I float on my back. I have, I have a saltwater pool and mm. so, uh, and I just... In yoga, we have these things that are that are called siddhis. These are superpowers. And I know I have friends who, if they try to float in the pool, they sink. Hmm. But I have this uncanny ability to, I could fall asleep on my back in the water. Wow. So I can, I can lie in the water, like the Da Vinci image of the, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, with arms out and legs out and just float. And in the salt water, it's even easier. And that's when I feel like, okay, this is a, this is a reason to be here. This is, this is what being alive is about with the sun and the birds singing and the lizards taking care of eating the insects and, uh, just listening to the wind. That sounds delightful. 
Beautiful. What does finding peace mean to you? Finding peace for me is really being in touch with my heart space and feeling compassion and love and gratitude for everyone and everything. Mm. So that means accepting myself as I am and the world as it is. I love that. Beautifully said. If you were going to spend the rest of your life on an island and you could only bring one object of personal meaning, mm. what would it be? Mm. A journal that never runs out of pages and a mm. pen that never runs out of ink. Wow. Tell me more about that. I, I have so many journals that I've written over the years and uh, it, I like to draw, so it has to be a journal without lines. And it would be really nice to have a pen that does different colors, but mm -hmm. I could go with one color if I have to. Uh, writing, creating like that. And then also I like origami, so I could tear a page out once in a while and fold something and <laughs> make a friend, you know, kind of like uh, Tom Hanks' Wilson. soccer ball. <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, um, yeah, that's that's what I would take. So uh, it's just something easy, I guess, to yeah. to carry along. I love that. Name a person or a teaching that has had a profoundly positive impact on your life. Hmm. <sighs> I continue to study the Bhagavad Gita, which is a very interesting 18 chapters from a larger, I'm going to call it a compendium. It's actually a giant poem or song called the Mahabharata. And in those 18 chapters, it's split into three groups of six. And it's just packed with information about living and dying and meditation and mm. compassion so uh, i don't i have multiple um versions of it in sanskrit as well as english and uh different um different teachers uh, interpretations of what it's all about and i continue to study it even live in class with a monk from the ashram wow I've never heard of that. Where could I go find more about that? Oh, well, the, the Bhagavad Gita is what started the whole Hare Krishna movement. Mm. That was That's a little book that they would, they throw if you've ever oh, yeah. been near a parade. Okay. I actually have one of theirs, yeah. Um, it's, uh, just look it up. There's, mm. oof, there's probably more info on that than anything. But if you're looking for a way to read it in English, I think, well, what I suggest to my students for a first look is the interpretation uh, that was created by Swami Satchitananda. And he was a disciple in the lineage that I'm from, which is the Shivananda lineage. Fascinating. What's a daily practice you must do every day? Gratitude. Oh, 
That's such an important daily. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What does that do for you? I mean, a focused one. I mean, breathing, obviously. Uh -huh. <laughs> breathing, uh -huh. eating, cleaning, emptying. Uh, but gratitude, whoa. Anytime I get into uh, a challenging thought loop, I, as soon as I catch it and tell it to stop, I actually, I was taught by one of the swamis to tell the mind to shut up. She, she's the one who named me Ambika Devi. Mm. And, uh, the first time I encountered her, I walked into the meditation hall, uh, temple at the ashram. This is in the Bahamas, everybody really no walls, you know, just a roof. And uh, we could see the water and the cruise ships. The cruise ships would sometimes start up while we're meditating, you know, with morning uh, mm. music. Usually the morning, no, we, but in the evening, uh, we would hear their parties sometimes. Mm. And and uh, it was morning meditation. I was in kind of a grutzy mood, you know. I, I don't think I slept well. It was extra hot and humid and mosquitoes maybe bugging me. I don't know. And uh, I crawled to mandatory morning meditation and uh, i was shifting around couldn't get comfortable and there's this swami i didn't recognize she was like a little mountain you know she was just she just seemed like a mountain she was so still and quiet as we walked in and sometimes the, the leading person of the morning would talk and sometimes not well she did and i thought man she's picking up right on me she she said Sometimes it's hard to sit quietly for meditation. The mind is jumping around, jump around, jump around, monkey. The mind is like a monkey that's been stung by a drunk scorpion. That's a direct quote of Swami Vivekananda. This was Swami Sita Ramananda doing the leading that day. And then she said, so I knew this and I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. Swami Vivekananda's quote, great, not helping. I don't feel right. You know, <laughs> and, uh, everybody around me is like blissing out, you know, <laughs> and we're shoulder to shoulder, knee to knee, cross-legged it's tight. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people there. You can hear breathing. You can smell people, the new people. We can smell the garlic and onion on them cause we don't eat it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's just so much going through my mind. And then she says, take out a big hammer, whack the monkey on the head. <laughs> I'm thinking, whoa, <laughs> nobody's ever said this to me. <laughs> so I'm doing it in my mind. I'm visualizing it because I'm, I have an ease with visualization. So I take out a big old cartoon hammer and I whack the cartoon jumping monkey and it quiets down. I think, wow. She says, you know, whack this monkey on the head. And then there was like a stillness in the room that wasn't there a moment before. And then she said, now it's time to meditate. And it, it worked. So I started trying it out, like even out loud. I get thought loops I don't want. I'll say, shut up. <laughs> not, and I won't say like, not now I'll be like, no more, you right. know, I'll really put my foot down hmm. and it's okay to do that. Absolutely. Everybody. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. That's an amazing experience.
What's one question that you wish I had asked that I haven't? And what? how would you answer it? Mm. Well, there have been such great questions. Uh, I, I, do, does this one stump everybody? <laughs> well, I've only, you're the first person I've ever asked this question okay. to. So. Uh, okay. So, um, I wish you would ask me, um, you know, why, why I wanted to be a part of this upcoming workshop. Why do you want to be a part of this upcoming workshop? Because I really want to share this with more and more people, these techniques that I have that I know work so that you can know that you're in the state of meditation. And I hope the people who are podcasters and workshop leaders listening to this will reach out to me and ask me to do this for your retreats and workshops also. Mm, Beautiful. Last question. Where can people find you? The easiest way is just by my name, uh, .com. So Ambika Devi, A-M-B-I-K-A-D-E-V-I. Devi means goddess, in case you're wondering. That's usually mm-hmm. a question. So you can do that, .com. Or uh, if you want to find a bunch of my links with all the current information, like how to get a ticket for our upcoming workshop retreat, or what's the most recent podcast that's out there that I've been in, you can use Linktree. So Linktree is pretty cool and a lot of people are using it. So it's just link, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E. So you put mm-hmm. the dot in the middle of the word tree slash my name, Ambika Devi, A-M-B-I-K-A-D-E-V-I. And you can find everything, my End Sleep Envy program, my podcast, my YouTube channel, pretty much all, all of it, different websites that I have, my coaching site, Ambika's Coaching. There's a lot of stuff. We definitely will put all of those links in the show notes so that you can find Ambika and reach out to her. I hope that you do because she is a blessing to the planet and she can bless your life too. Thank you, Ambika, for spending the this time with me today. And I cannot wait to hang out with you in just a few weeks at the Finding Peace Weekend Workshop. It's going to be so much fun. So be sure and go get a ticket and join Troy and I, because we're going to make it amazing for you. And I think then you'll be able to spread more peace to the people in your life and the people you come in contact with. And that's the most important thing. Like, what do we want to go viral? This peace. Right. Because heaven knows we need it. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Troy. And thank you, everybody, for listening all the way to the end. You've been listening to the Finding Peace podcast. If you loved the show or want to ask a question, let us know by going to TroyLLove.com. There, you can also learn about the Finding Peace 5-Day Challenge. Remember to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss the next episode. And if you are listening on iTunes, please give us a 5-star rating. It helps other people find this podcast more easily. Thank you for spending part of your journey with us. Copyright Finding Peace Consulting.